Welcome to Score Business Points, the program that provides information to help small businesses get started, prosper, and grow. A mentor with the Ocean County Chapter of Score, here's your host, Michael Pappas. Welcome to another edition of Score Business Points. This is your host, Michael Pappas. We've come a long way since Amazon sold its first book online in 1995. Entrepreneurs are a rare breed of individuals who are constantly exploring new business opportunities. Some seek out new opportunities on their own, while others are consistently being pitched new ideas. The majority of opportunities, no matter how good they might sound, end up being a complete money-sucking nightmare due to expensive overhead, slow scalability, and low margins. Online businesses, however, can be very appealing because they don't have the traditional hurdles that most new ventures face. The following are four reasons why online businesses are good investments entrepreneurs may make. One, it offers incredible scalability. Not every single online business is going to be automatically morphed into a huge success with rapid exponential growth. Scaling any business is not easy, whether it is a brick and mortar location or an online business. But an online business has advantages. For instance, a brick and mortar retail store has a defined audience, typically a radius from the business location. An online business isn't restricted by this and can market to a worldwide audience. Once a successful marketing and advertising strategy is identified, an online business can simply open up its target and increase budget to grow very fast. Two, it provides limitless freedom. Many entrepreneurs are drawn to online businesses because of the freedom they offer. Modern technology, laptops, tablets, business apps, and VOIP communication systems are just some of the tools that allow businesses to be operated from any location. Next time you're in a Starbucks, take a look around. I guarantee someone is working on their online business or startup while connected to Wi-Fi and sipping their favorite coffee. Not being tied to a particular location or desk from 9 to 5 can be very empowering. Some entrepreneurs don't know how to balance the freedom and fail miserably, while others use the freedom as motivation to work even harder. Don't mistake freedom from time to slack off. True entrepreneurs respect the freedom and understand that hard work is well worth the ability to spend more time with their families and partake in activities that most miss out because they're part of the 9-to-5 grind. Low overhead and large margins. On, on, an online business will often allow you to eliminate some of the huge costs associated with an offline business. Not only can you eliminate the things such as pricey office or retail space and long-term lease commitments, but you can also eliminate having to tie up your money in stocking inventory. A drop shipping arrangement with a manufacturer or a manufacturer-to-order arrangement can greatly reduce your financial risk and allow you to maintain more consistent margins with less upfront cost. Imagine if you had a business that sold hats and you carried five variations, red, blue, green, yellow, and orange. In a physical brick-and-mortar location, you would need to keep all of the variations in stock because you don't know what hat the people walking through your doors are coming in to buy. If the yellow hat doesn't sell, you're forced to discount them and take a loss. Selling the same hats via drop shipping would mean you wouldn't be left holding unsold merchandise that you've already paid for. And four, access to a worldwide market. The beautiful thing about an online business is the ability to run 24-7 without boundaries. There are no geographical boundaries, there are no specific hours of operation, an online business can produce revenue around the clock, even while you sleep. With a well-thought-out social media plan, search engine optimization, and paid media strategies, an online business can thrive. You have access to the entire world right at your fingertips. The luxury of being able to target specific states, 
regions, and countries give you an upper hand or to an online-based business. Eager to start your own online business, but not sure where to start? With improving technology, including excellent online tools and lower cost, there has never been an easier time to put your business online and start making money online. Whether you're looking just to make a few extra bucks on the side or to completely replace your income with an online business, you can quickly and easily get your idea off the ground, establish a web presence, start driving traffic to your website, and generating sales in short order. With me today to discuss how she started a successful online business is Erica Bowling, Ph.D., Erica is an Associate Professor of Education at Rutgers University and the owner and founder of Northeast Canine Conditioning LLC and Northeast Canine Conditioning Academy. Through her online academy, Erica helps canine professionals stand out within their industry and succeed financially by teaching them how to create and sell innovative, profitable programs. Additionally, she helps sport and working dog handlers create peak performance canine athletes by teaching them how to integrate canine fitness into their training programs. Erica is a certified canine fitness trainer, a certified canine massage provider, member of the United States Federation of Dog Sled Sports, and a member of the US, US, excuse me, of the USA national team. Currently, she also provides instructions on canine fitness to officers at the Atlantic County John Sonny Burke Canine Academy. Thanks for being here today, Erica. Hello, thank you for having me. First, what made you decide to start an online business? And although I've explained some, exactly what is it that you offer? I think I'll start with the, how I got into it because that'll explain what I offer. Okay. <laughs> my dogs are my passion, my hobby, and I have I compete in a sport called uh, French Ring with a Belgian Malinois, a type of Belgian Shepherd, mm -hmm. and it's a extremely physically demanding sport on the dogs um, with very high jumps. You know, it has obedience and it really tests them physically. And what happened was my, my young dog, he was having very sporadic lameness and it would just come out of the blue. He would um, be sleeping, get up, limp a couple times and then he'd be walking and we'd be fine. And it took me about 10 months to get a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I paid thousands of dollars, I went to all kinds of specialists and um, finally when I got him diagnosed, it was uh, a canine physical therapist Mm -hmm. She diagnosed him in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened was he had a pulled groin muscle. It was muscle injury, soft yes. tissue injury. And what had happened was it had started on one side, on the left side. Eventually it was you know bilateral, it was on both sides, and then chronic because it had gone for so long without being diagnosed. And um, the thing is, is he would periodically limp, but the days he wasn't limping, they'd say, well, you know, nobody could see any issues. And they said, if he's not limping, if he's not showing pain, you can keep working him. Mm -hmm. So I kept working him. And what I found out was when he was diagnosed, I started going through physical therapy and I learned as much as I could. I treated it like mini lessons. I, I would have the physical therapist, you know, I would ask tons of questions to mm -hmm. try to figure out, you know, and learn as much as I could from her. And the more that I learned, I realized that there had been little subtle signs for well over probably a year mm -hmm. that there were issues going on. I could even go back and look at photographs of him and the way he was sitting, the ways his, he would hold his leg out to the side. Right. And I learned that there were, there were a lot of very subtle signs that I missed the 
specialists that I took them in who never, some of them didn't even do a gait analysis looking at his movement. They would just feel and manipulate right. and stuff. And, um, and so I was really determined to educate myself so that I could um, prevent injuries from happening again. And I found out this is an injury that very frequently it reoccurs. It I keeps see. reoccurring. And so what happened was as I started educating myself, I started studying canine massage and I would go to seminars. People would invite, um, I would go as a participant. Yes. And um, people would see me doing things with my dog, like stretching him and, and massaging him. And they would be asking me questions saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And it started out where um, we would have a lunch break. And I would say, hey, if anybody wants to hang around at lunchtime, I'd be happy to, you know, I'm still learning this. I'm still studying. I'd be happy to share with you what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And um, things just kind of went from there from people um, becoming interested and then asking me, do you do seminars? And I was like, you know, sure, I can do seminars. And so I started doing, um, my first seminar was in South Jersey, and I, it was some competitors, Schutzen competitors, or some police canine handlers. And um, basically what happened was I was doing some seminars in Pennsylvania, and some people, they weren't able to come. And it was about, it was Western Pennsylvania, right. so a lot of hours away. And um, they were like, oh, I'm really upset, I can't make it, I can't make it. And I, and I was like, well, why don't I throw some videos together for you? Um, and I basically, for $99, I said that I would um, do a video every week for a month. And it started out where I put the videos just on YouTube, on a private you know, listing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's kind of how it started, was started out just making some videos for people who were interested. And then um, my background at Rutgers, I do online, my background is education, but my specialty is um, technology, Mm -hmm. um, digital literacies, and um, I started doing research on online teaching and learning. So for me, it was kind of a natural fit, and I had an interest in online education. And I started out with a series of videos on YouTube, but of course I wanted to kind of protect my content better and make it look more official, make it look more like an actual online course. And um, so then it became me developing an online course and, and then from there, it just grew when I realized I had the educational background, but I didn't have the business and the marketing background. Mm-hmm. And then I just started really educating myself as much as I could. Um, you know, I had the course development background. I had the expertise in teaching and learning. But then it opened a whole new world of the business side of things okay. that I did. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, as with any business, whether it's brick and mortar or online, usually the process that takes place, and you kind of went through a little bit, uh, to find your niche. And you found it. Um, what did you determine that the need was that they were going to offer and that it would that would really be successful? I mean, kind of what yeah. you said, said was showing that it was being successful. What made yeah. you think it would really take off? Yeah, well, what happened was I started um, just doing a basic introduction to canine, you know, kind of a canine fitness course. And... Um, the first, uh, I, I studied uh, Jeff Walker's product launch formula, who, who's well known for um, marketing like online knowledge-based content and, mm-hmm. and, and online courses. And um, 
what I realized, I didn't know anything about the psychology of selling. So I basically would just go on Facebook and say, hey, my, you know, here's my course. I didn't have an open card. I didn't have a deadline. It was just ongoing enrollment. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I opened it, I got a lot of interest. But then, you know, the second and third time I, you know, I was trying to put out announcements, I kind of flooded my, my, my audience and my enrollment started dropping. Uh-huh. And so what happened was I, um, I ended up hiring a business coach and I started, um, I, a key factor was my business coach encouraged me, encouraged me to offer a certification. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was I put together a very comprehensive program and then had my own certification to acknowledge whenever they, they would graduate that I, you know, I put in a full assessment program, a portfolio assessment. I used all my background in education mm-hmm. to have a formal assessment. Okay. And um, basically what happened was when people started coming to me, they started asking, um, they were asking, do you know, I'd like to have a certification for my course. And then I found out the people coming to me, they they needed business knowledge. They were dog people, but they didn't have business knowledge and they were business owners. Right. So it grew to business coaching and business consulting. And I basically listened to my audience and I would always listen to what they needed and what they wanted. And I would literally have them waiting and for my next course, mm-hmm. and I would develop it based on what their needs and what I, I would see. listen for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. With any business, you have to register with the state, mm-hmm. okay, uh, to determine whether that business name is available. And uh, but more important is that the business domain name that that's available to you because right? yep. you've been doing some business. Uh, once you determine the name was available, what was that process that you went through to obtain the name for the business? Did you go through any sort of process to uh, well the search to determine it existed? Yeah. You did online domain searches. Exactly. And, uh, okay, and then you went through that whole, I'm sure you purchased it then from. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I, I was doing a lot of Google searches because there were, um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that if I Googled my name, I didn't see like a whole bunch of other people's businesses popping up. Right, right. And so once I started to identify something that didn't have a very, the exact same name, then I was looking at the domain names to see if there was something available. And basically I searched um, through the New Jersey websites and say, um, you know, how, how to start up I googled you know how to start up an LLC in New Jersey uh-huh. okay. and I just followed the directions online and just went step by step and did exactly um, it was a lot easier than I thought um, and just followed the directions very closely and, okay. and made a couple calls to score <laughs> to get there's a little uh, plug for score okay. I did um, especially when it came to things like taxes and stuff like that um, and I, I just I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing okay. any pieces so I didn't do that alright all so once you've secured the Domain main, and then you needed to determine who you're going to host it with, mm-hmm. okay, and how you were going to build a website. And there are many ways that you, that you could have gone about that. So, how did you do it? Well, how did you determine who you're going to host it with, and how you're going to build your website? I mean, did you do it all yourself? I did. did. You, 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 <laughs> I you, did it. You. I did it all myself. Um, I I was just doing it as I, I did not go with the intention to make money. It was first just to do it for my knowledge and to keep my dog safe. Mm-hmm. And um, then I thought, you know, if I could just make enough money to cover my gas money for my competitions and traveling and my hotels, I would be happy. And so I wasn't looking at it as just generating a lot of income. It was just gas money. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to spend a lot of money. I didn't know what kind of audience if I was going to make money. So I I tell people I did it, you know, starting an online business on a shoestring. I, I pretty much did all free resources. 
I found um, it's not the right now. It's not. I think they have an introductory. Um, it's called Teachable.com. It was called uh, back then. It had a different name, and they had basically a free online course management system. You could offer free courses or for sale. If you sold them, they would take a, 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 sm- a percentage. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you could create an online academy for free. And they host it. They host your videos and everything. So that's what I started out with. Eventually, as I grew and I, I, as I made money, more money, I invested it and I upgraded and changed, you know, over time, changed um, hosting sites and stuff like that. Um, but when I started, I pretty much used like, I used like almost pretty much all free services. The very first thing I, I really purchased was it's a online program called Lead Pages for um, doing like opt-in pages mm-hmm. where you know people put their email address in and right. offer like a free download and but other than that everything else i i, I did free online tools and how long have you been doing this online um i think it was probably around t- 2012 okay. uh 12 to 14 when i was kind of just really dabbling you know i wasn't looking at it as a real business i was just doing it kind of as a hobby you know helping my friends out picking up mm-hmm. you know occasional side money i think i formalized it for my official llc probably about 4 years ago okay mm-hmm. right. now that you've set it up and then your whole next step and this is important for a lot of people you got to accept online payments now, yeah. it's, in the internet world today, there's a whole myriad of ways that you can make online payments. To, to You can use PayPal. There's something called Square. There's Stripe. There's normal merchant banking where you actually have, you use your bank account and they, they accept the credit cards and stuff. Uh, or you can use a combination of all of them. And uh, tell listeners what you chose and why you did that. I did do some research on the different merchant accounts and, and looking at you know businesses to, to help me get that situated. And the Teachable site that I was using, you could make the payments through there, and they would, of course, take a percentage, right. and they would link it to like a PayPal account. And what I found was if I did it straight through PayPal, I'd save a little bit of money, and I started out using PayPal. And then um, the current platform in my website that I use, they have integrated into it uh, Stripe. And so that's pretty much what I use today. I use those two. I'll use the two options. Um, What I like about Stripe is I can do payment plans, monthly payments and things like that. Um, With PayPal, you can too, but I still use the free version of PayPal, the business. And so what I tell my clients is if they want to do a one-time lump sum payment that they can choose to, and this, they can do credit cards diff, you know, on either one. Yeah, right. And so I give them the option, but I, to this day I still do either um, the Stripe or PayPal. PayPal. Okay. Well, most businesses offer a product. You're offering like a service, I would think. At least to me it sounds like a service. Uh, tell the listeners how you deliver that service and whether it's ongoing or is it just one and done? Mm-hmm. Okay. I offer a couple different programs, but my two right now my two most popular ones is my certification program and my business mastermind group. My certification program is uh, it's six months access, and they have six months to go through the online program and to submit their items for review for assessment for the certification. I include with that in that it's my most comprehensive program. We do um, every two weeks, twice a month. We do group online group coaching calls. And then they also get a certain number of one-on-one um, coaching sessions with me. So what I tell them, it's actually, I see it more as almost like a, a mentoring, a six-month mentoring program, mm-hmm. because it's not where they just go online and they're completely on their own. And I find that that 
really helps keep them motivated and progressing through the program by pro- providing that live, you know, face-to-face, you know, online <laughs> face-to-face mm-hmm. support. And then um, I have an alumni program so that when they graduate, I still do those group calls. And um, I do have a number of people that will sign up for my alumni program and they can register, like say for another six months. And that means that they can come and join us whenever we do. I do online webinars for them. Um, The certification people, they get uh, bi-monthly webinars. I just did one last night. And so, um, so it's a six-month program, and they can continue to participate in the group. You know, have continue to have online access. Uh-huh. And then my mastermind program, it's a month-to-month commitment. The initial commitment, depending on what level, they might make a four- to six-month commitment. And um, they can pretty much, I have a certain number of spots, and um, they can stay with me as long as they want. And uh, once the spots are filled, you know, I can't take any more. And so if somebody wants to come in for, like, my VIP mastermind program, um, when somebody gives up their spot, then it frees it up. And I do, um, like, online interviews uh, for the positions. I see. Mm -hmm. All right. So with any online business, the most important part is getting the customers to your website. Mm -hmm. Okay. That means that somehow... Your website appears in those top five searches. So the search, it's what they call search optimization. Um, so how did you go about making sure that your site would end up in that top five? This, this SEO, yeah. I hear everybody talk about SEO. This is, this is interesting because I don't do anything with, I don't pay any attention. I need to focus more on SEO, but I pretty much, I pretty much get all my clients through social media. And um, Facebook is huge for me. Uh-huh. And um, I get a few hits to my website, but it's um, it's my following on social media is where I really get my audience and where I get my clients. And uh, I'll throw an occasional um, pay for some advertisements, but normally when I pay for advertisements, it's to boost my Facebook posts and mm-hmm. to videos that I make and things like that. And, um, but I've just had a lot of success just on the social networking and uh, social media sites and especially Facebook. That's funny, that's funny because I've yeah. just, the past two shows uh, that I did with um, marketing people, uh, one of them being Bill, because Bill owns a, uh, an interactive web service, mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about doing Facebook Live. Have you ever done anything yeah, on Facebook yeah. Live? Yeah, um, I do a weekly Facebook Live show every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. on my um, Northeast Canine Conditioning Business Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been huge. Um, I've really seen um, a, a, a difference in connecting with my audience. I had some people who had followed me for a year or two and had not committed to signing up. And when they did finally sign up, I was like, oh, what got you to sign up? And they said, oh, I saw your Facebook you know, Live show. Mm-hmm. And so um, I also have um, I have a, a Facebook uh, is Canine Business Secrets for Online Success. It's a free, um, uh, it's a private. They can request to join Facebook group, and um, I also will do live videos just with that group. Mm-hmm. So I, what I'll do is like I'm getting ready to do a series of four days in a row talking about the role of technology and building your canine business. And what I'll do there is I'll kind of advertise through social media and say, hey, I'm doing these free live educational videos. Come join us. Um, Come join my group if you want to come see the live videos. So I do weekly live videos on my Facebook business page that's just completely public and I can share all over the, you know, all over the, uh, all over Facebook and groups. And then within my um, my group, my Facebook group, the business group that has the business focus, you have to be a member of that group to see that video. So 
I don't. It's not as regular. I'd, I'd like to get something a little bit more regular in there. Maybe do a monthly Q and A and stuff. But I do do a lot of Facebook Live. Uh, that ends part one with my discussion with Erica Bowling on starting an online business. Uh, if you'd like more information about this show, or for that matter, any other Score Business Point show, you may email us at sbp at wbnj.org. That's sbp at wbnj.org. If there's any topic you'd like to hear discussed on Score Business Points, you may email us at the same address, sbp at wbnj.org. That's all the time we have for today. Um, please tune in next week for part two of my discussion on how to start an online business with Erica Bowling. This is your host, Michael Pappas, saying so long until then. For those who may not be familiar with SCORE, SCORE is a nonprofit association dedicated to helping small businesses get off the ground, grow, and achieve their goals through education and mentorship. They have been doing this for over 50 years. Because their work is supported by the U.S. Small Business Administration, the SBA, and thanks to a network of 11,000-plus volunteers, they are able to deliver their services at no charge or very low cost. For more information about how you and your business can benefit from a mentorship from SCORE, you can visit Ocean OceanCounty.score.org. OceanCounty.score.org. And if you missed any part of today's broadcast, you can catch an instant replay at WBNJ.org. Score Business Points is a production of the Ocean County Chapter of Score at 91.9 WBNJ.